Welcome to the very first episode of Power Spike here on Last Free Nation, brought to you by esportsbet.io. Now's the time to play along in their World's Prediction series with all the League of Legends matches coming up, as well as the CSGO Major. You can play along. How do you get DJT to play? Well, you head on over to esportsbet discord at discord.gg slash esportsbet. Link is below, as well as messaging the mods there at ModMail. They'll give you 50,000 DJT, and you can win prizes depending on what you can do and win that real money in return. So head on over, sign up using our referral link, and we'll see you on Esports Bet. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the maiden voyage of Power Spike presented by Last Free Nation. This is your podcast for everything you need on the global stage of League of Legends in 60 minutes or less. I am your host, Daniel Degon Gonzalez. Joining me, of course, is Monte Cristo, and I will dominate a familiar crew if you may have seen us before, but we go on this voyage anew. Monty, how are you doing, man? Uh, good. Happy uh, to launch the Last Free Nation brand, which you guys are very, you know, lovely crewmates of mine along this voyage. So we're excited about that. Follow Last Free Nation on all social media, including TikTok. We're putting out, uh, you know, content on there, Snapchat, Instagram, Twitter, all of that stuff. Uh, we will be changing the YouTube and, and the Twitch names of everything once we are capable of doing that. YouTube has locked all uh, creator names on YouTube as they switch to their handle system. So timing was unfortunate, but we'll get there eventually. Um, yeah, and this this show is is going to be different than stuff that you've seen on this channel before because we're going to be doing like some more rapid fire clips and segments like that, and try and like tighten it up a little bit and uh, make it make it a different entertainment experience for you guys. Yeah, Dom. Uh, again, you set sail with us. What are you most excited for as we uh, create this new product? Oh, trying to to condense my my NA rants into like sixty seconds or less to, to make it impossible usable for a clip. Challenge impossible. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've just got to really work up my vocabulary. You know, this is going to be something that that will really just elevate me as a content creator. I believe. <laughs> Well, for all of you that are used to our longer form rants, this first segment of ours will be a little familiar, but we'll keep it within 10 to 15 minutes. This is Galaxy Brain. Galaxy Brain is our topic where we dive into one major thing that has happened over the league world, and we'll do a free-form discussion. So if you're used to us going on to bits, this is basically it. We just won't go overly long because we know that you all at home are educated, smart <laughs> fans, right? Well, those are the only ones that we uh, reach out to here. So exactly. let's get into it. The big topic from this past week was how was North America going to do at Worlds compared to the rest of the world? We know that the world is set up pretty well. The minor regions we care a little bit less about. Sorry, uh, Flying Oysters. Sorry, GAM, no longer Gigabyte Marines. Uh, but how would North America fare? And guys, it is historically bad. The North American squads go 0-9. There's not a single team with a little hope. Dejection all over their faces. Monty, what did you see from this first week from North America in their historically worst 
world's week one ever. I, I really well, need to hammer that home. I, I mean, look, I think this this harkens back to like 2015 when uh, it was the second round robin that NA actually went 0-10 because then they lost a tiebreaker right after starting out pretty strong in groups. It was, you know, we've, we've seen the late stage collapse before, which means that there might still be hope. Uh, there isn't actually. Uh, for a, a rally <laughs> this next week, there's definitely not hope, guys. The morale is broken at this point in time. Um, but yeah, I think first off, we have kind of a historically strong group of teams. We haven't seen, you know, usually in the past we've seen, uh, you know, one of the Chinese teams kind of like fail or some of the European teams do a little bit worse. Like Fnatic and Rogue are actually doing, I would say, quite well, obviously. Uh, even G2, I think the the game that they played versus JDG was winnable at times. As far as the NA teams... 100 Thieves has been super, and Cloud9 have been super underwhelming, but at least with EG, there have been glimmers of hope, right? There have been there have been small moments, like they had an edge against JDG for a little bit. You could see that there was like a path uh, to a, a win condition through some of these like poke compositions, stacking these dragons, but they inevitably make a mistake and they get outscaled and then they've, they've kind of fallen behind. So I wouldn't say it's been absolutely terrible for EG. Um, but as a region, obviously it's, it's incredibly, incredibly embarrassing to not win one of nine games. Yeah, Dom, uh, what do you make of this group stage? Well, I'm, I'm on a different train. Everyone else is going for the zero nine to the zero 18 and I'm going from the zero 27 to the zero 54 when it comes to tier two turrets. <laughs> I want to see if we actually are able to, to pick up any of those because, you know, if we can make this, uh, this demolition comp work, you know, maybe one of the old schools, you only push a lane comp. Uh, I remember the, the old school Pooh man do comp where you had the Heimer dinger like jungle and shit. Maybe we got to get all of that together. We get a Ziggs and a Tristana in the bot lane and just push down a tier two turret to, to show some North American dominance at this tournament. Because That's right. You, you take hair, you take second Herald and then mm -hmm. you, uh, while they're taking dragon, you just cross map with Tristana and the Herald into top side to get that tier two fun fact. Uh, there's only been one Baron taken by North America and that was hundred thieves. So that they're also, you know, they're also lagging behind in, in that statistic, but they did get a Baron. They did get a Baron. Oh, they did yeah. get a Baron. Well, who, I mean, who, the Baron... who knew the lane swap meta did so much for the North American ego <laughs> to yeah, make it's... sure we could get owned by tower stats. Oh, uh, it's, it's really great. So for me, when I'm, when I'm looking at this stage, it's different than um, just teams playing bad. I think that the mental game is just not there. It's one of those standard North American collapses where somehow like being an underdog means that you're playing with more pressure because you're playing versus really good teams. But then when you're supposed to win a game, like hundred thieves versus flying oyster, then like the pressure of having to, to win versus a team that's lesser than you is also like mentally fucking you. It's like, they can't gain an advantage. These teams cannot gain any type of ground in the mental uh, game. So for me, it's really disappointing to watch. I don't see any of the teams coming like to realistic solutions um, for how they're going to be able to beat these teams. It seems like when they have a problem, they're like, you know, fuck it. We'll just keep on doing the same thing. Maybe Jensen will play Azir. It's like, you guys didn't even let Jensen play Azir domestically. Like that was not <laughs> something that you guys wanted to do. You didn't play like Leona. These were not the, the things you're playing. The meta has not changed that much. Look, look at Lulu's nurse and tell me that means that you can never play Lulu if that was your bread and butter. If that yeah, was what was, was it? getting what was a bunch of it was like, uh, what was it like two seconds on polymorph cooldown? 
Like, yeah, at max rank. At max rank, two <laughs> seconds on polymorph cooldown, which you're probably only getting one a fight. They reduced the right. movement speed of it uh, by a little bit, and then it was like 0.2 off the polymorph uh, duration, like when you poly yeah, somebody. that's not really a nerf. <laughs> which, it's like, that's the least important skill of your actual laning. So... I would just love to see them actually co come to, to conclusions that, that make sense. Why are you playing carry tops every single time? Do we actually think that Fudge is a better top laner than Zeus? Is that is that really what, what, what the conclusion was? Like, yeah, this is how we're going to fucking win. We're going to give him Fiora or Jax, and he's just going to body Zeus. Like, fuck no, that's never happening. That is never happening. So what do you need to do? Play around the people that are actually fucking beasts on your team. Play around Blabber. I want to see more of, of the Karma mid coming out, these supportive mid laners. There was apparently a strategy that's that true. people were saying was going around scrims. Karma where, Olaf? <laughs> yeah, where people were playing Karma mid and they were just letting their jungler perma farm. They were letting their jungler essentially funnel all the mid lane resources into themselves and then the, the jungler would essentially just be the main carry of this comp. That seems like it would be much more sure. reasonable for a way for, for Cloud9 to win a game than if Jensen is just going to keep on picking carries. Like, he can't... Like, Jensen cannot lane versus top-tier mid laners. Or he can do it with Kerfing, too. Mid, you know, sure. I, I think, yeah, they have they have options, I think, for Enchanter mid, but they're playing exactly the same way they did in the playoffs, but the win conditions have changed. It's not like everybody just load on to Berserker right now where he has, with a Zeri-Yumi combination, <laughs> and we're just going to we're just gonna style on them. I mean, we all should, in retrospect, we all should have been nervous when Cloud9 just randomly won LCS after not looking anywhere close to the best team for basically any point in time up until the very end of the playoffs like that was kind of a little bit i would say disturbing because they had such clear flaws in terms of individual play throughout much of the split um yeah i mean i think i i think honestly it being in north america really hurts na teams and as weird as that is to say <laughs> they didn't get any of the normal scrims that they would get or or quality solo queue experience. Like when it's in Asia, they can go there and they'll have a, a you know a wealth of scrim opponents. Nobody even came to NA until they had to at the end. So all of the Asian teams are just in Asia scrimming each other. The European teams are just in Europe scrimming each other. And Cloud9 just has what a couple teams that that so, are remaining after all of the lc lcs teams just shatter apart at the end of the summer split and there's nobody else practicing any longer like and you combine that with the pressure that dom said of like being the underdog and being a, the favorite being pressured in both ways which is a mind fuck and then you're playing in na in front of na fans which is another pressure on top of that so you get bad practice you have immense pressure from being in na and you're just like psyching yourself out because you think you, you know, you're intimidated or you think you should win a game and you're embarrassed when you lose. Like, well, it's a pretty unholy trifecta that is happening right now to the NA teams. I don't know. I, I would push back on a couple of those. So for one, I, I when watching the stream, I thought they were actually playing in China with Chinese fans um, based off <laughs> how, how things were going. That, that, uh, that, that. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm not even sure if it's actually being hosted in NA. I think they might have just, you know, they might have just been like, yeah, guys, it's in NA. And then they're actually just hosting it somewhere else. Um, so th so that's number one. Number two, when Sven went, like had an interview recently, he was he was talking about one of the, the issues being that you don't really know what's good anymore because you, when you scrim these top teams, so apparently it's a one seed, they're getting scrims with all these top tier teams, one seeds from other regions. They're saying that, oh, well, when you play against these, these one seeds from other regions, you don't win any scrims anymore. So then you don't actually know what's good yourself because you lose with everything that you play, um, which is <laughs> another fair. mindfuck. But then the last thing I would say is 
Europe was also behind LCK and LPL coming into the tournament. Like they were, they were also in their, their own little scrim bubble and they were able to come up with much more reasonable conclusions as to how they should play the game. Look at what they're drafting. They're drafting things like Orin top, Maokai top. They're like, you know yep. what? We're going to neutralize these. We're going to have an advantage somewhere else. So how, how can they have the same problems that NA had, but also come to more reasonable conclusions? Like, I, I think that there's, there's actually such a big uh, part of the mental game that's lost with North America before the games even start, that it's really hard for me to just even, even like dissect what's happening during the games. I mean, like, are you telling me that these players don't know at this point, cloud nine doesn't know at this point to not run five people to Harold. If you're not fighting Harold, are you telling me that they, they haven't learned? Like we knew this shit in fucking like season nine or some, or something people, people knew this shit years ago that if you're not contesting Harold, what do you do? You keep your 80 carry bot. You get a couple plates, bot. you get some experience, you get a couple waves. They don't even do the, the basics. They're going to fight a Herald when their support's not level six. Their support is level five walking across the map. They go there. They see the enemy supports level six and they're like, hmm, I guess we can't fight this. And then they just run back. But like the, the mistakes that they're making, these players, these players are not actual fucking idiots. Like they're, they're not that stupid. I, I'm telling you, like these are, these are players that are actually reasonably good. So when they do things like this, you think you, you, you realize that they are under so much like mental pressure from the fact that they're playing against these like really good teams that it's hard for me to 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 view it like view it through an analytical per perspective because they're not even playing the game they're literally just accepting defeat yeah it i think being boots on the ground there at Madison Square Garden's uh, Hulu theater it is hard to it, it is cognitive dissonance. It's hard to put it together, not only uh, the players on the stage, but as you touched on earlier, the the fans as well being 60 to 70% LPL or LCK fans, but mostly LPL fans. It is like it is just so hard to understand that if we have worlds in china there will be an lpl crowd if we have worlds in korea we have an lck crowd if we have worlds in europe we gotta have a little bit of north american fans but it's mostly european crowd if we have worlds in north america we have a fucking lpl crowd what the fuck is this <laughs> it is it is it is surreal I mean, and uh, to, I, to are together. you really surprised like look at the lcs viewership right now like i just don't you know, I think probably a lot of the people who, you know, either either flying in from China or I mean, New York has a massive, the massive, uh, hub. You, you know, Chinese population. You go yeah. out to Flushing. I've literally been, you know, I would go out to Flushing to eat, you know, mm -hmm. authentic Chinese food. I've been to China several times. It is like being in China. Like if you told me I was in China, I, I would be like, oh. Maybe I am right when I'm out there. So it's, you know, everything's in Chinese. There's a huge, huge population. So I'm sure these people support the LPL from New York, uh, you know, as well, because if you had the choice, right, and you know, you're, you're fluent in Chinese and you can be, a, you, you can like basically a much better league where there's a lot more content and there's a lot more viewership. I think it, it makes sense you know, to have those fan bases. I think what we're experiencing is is the, the crisis of, of NA viewership that's playing out at Worlds right now. Yeah, uh, we've now touched on uh, EG on Cloud9, on the audience and, and, and the hometown disadvantage that is currently happening. <laughs> we really touch on 100 Thieves. I just want to get a quick so, thought here. Oh, so here's my, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to turn this conversation into something else about 100 Thieves. First off, nobody's excited about 100 Thieves. They have looked like the limpest, most flaccid of the, the NA teams. Like Cloud9 might be doing bad, but I, I feel like some people are trying. Uh, EG is trying, but they're doing it with these very, 
I would say delicate and hard to operate like poke compositions for the most part, uh, you know, trying to get up inspired on Nidalee playing the Varys Tom Kench. Um, I think it's, it, that's not how they should be playing. I would dumb it down to, you know, front to back standard compositions and maybe you have a chance to win. But with 100 Thieves, they're coming in looking very unmotivated and soulless, basically. And this is a team that has all five import players and three import coaches in Reaper, Mithy, and Freeze. Like, this is a team composed entirely of imports. And yeah. what, you, what you guys think is that the LCS teams are going to be super bummed you know, about, oh yeah, we went 0-18 for Worlds. I think this is perfect for LCS teams. I think this is the best eventuality for the LCS teams because they were already going to slash budgets this year, guys. Now they have the perfect PR smokescreen to be like, oh yeah, guys, those high, highly paid imports, they sure didn't work. We're going to North American talent now. Bring on the rookies. And they're going to use that as the excuse uh, as the PR excuse, you just wait for it. You just wait till some of these announcements come out to make sure that, the, you know, they can cut the budgets on their rosters. The budget cuts were already coming. The budgets were set. <laughs> the salary cuts are coming. The players are being released. Look at fucking Team Liquid right now, guys. Ugh. You know, look at Team Liquid. And you will realize that this is going to be weaponized against you, NA fans. And you're probably going to cheer for it, sadly. But that's what's coming. And I think it's it's honestly... For the teams, this is the best result, as weird as it sounds. Because if they were doing well, then how would they justify their budget cuts? Right? They can't. They can't. And the budget cuts were going to happen no matter what, guys. So it would have looked really bad for them. Looks great. It'll look great now. Thoughts I think on? they are actually are. I think the orgs are actually all cheering for NA to lose. <sighs> Nice. Wow. That's that's <laughs> even more depressing than than what I already thought. I mean. <laughs> I, I mean, this was this was happening either way. I mean, everyone knows about what's happening with Team Liquid. It's very public out there that they're going for a much more like budget roster. They're most likely going to be running uh, Yeon and Ayla, who are um, really good in in uh, Academy. I mean, they were probably the best bot lane in Academy. They've been playing for years together. So um, I think th that all makes sense. Uh, the sad thing for, for me is that like the fans will always talk about how they want to support North American players, but that's just not actually true like i don't think that this is actually going to help the region at all having north american players they can get behind when rosters are, are oh, no, i don't think so created either, but... of, of only na teams like if you look at the old dignitas roster or you look at like the clg like they have like some fans but nothing close to like what you would expect out of like a proper team you know like if you look at a, a real team with a fan base they have significantly more fans than, than anything that that clg has so um it's one of those things where people will be like, oh, well, I would rather cheer for North American players. It's like, no, you wouldn't. What you'd rather cheer for is an actual competitive team. Yep. If we had any <laughs> NA team made, it could be five Koreans. If we had five Koreans in NA, all speaking Korean in game, but they represented North America and they were actually good. One of the best teams in the world. There would be way more fans of North America. There'd be way more people getting behind them um, anyway. And they would just, they would just be the, the most popular team we've ever had. People care more about having a team that, that's winning. Like the experience of watching like North American players lose. Like if we had the same result uh, and then we had North American players lose, people would be like, oh, well, I would feel better. It's like, I mean, you wouldn't give a fuck either way. So what does that even mean? Like, <laughs> such a uh, lie. I know. People you're not, not there. You're not yeah, there. People, people don't know what they want, right? 
Like, they're, 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 apparently, like, it sounds like the NA fans just aren't even showing up to the arenas, right? Like, <laughs> nobody, nobody's even coming to, like, support the teams. Do you also agree that NA will go 0-18? Well, right now on eSports Bet, if you create a parlay that NA loses their last nine games, you get 10-1 to odds. Combine this with the fact that eSports Bet is offering first-time bettors the opportunity to get a loss forgiveness bonus one time only of up to $200. That means if you go bet on these 10-to-1 odds and you lose, well, just message the mods on their Discord and they'll give you that $200 back. And if you win, enjoy the 10-to-1 odds and also have a chuckle at NA going completely defeated at Worlds. Remember, first time only loss forgiveness bonus over on esports bet. Yeah, huge, huge bummer. Well, those were some of our galaxy brain takes here on North American Worlds. There's a lot more to be said, so we're going to keep it moving and cleanse our palate of North America with some high quality support play from around the world with our next segment called Keeper Kick. So in this segment, pretty straightforward. Do you keep the player? Do you kick the player out of Trimby, Mako, and Caria? Three supports who have excelled this world and have had uh, pretty standout games. So let's start with you first, Dom. Trimby, Mako, and Caria, do you keep or do you kick? Who do you keep? Who do you kick? I'm keeping them all. What? Those are three of the best supports. Like, not, I'm not kicking anyone. You, know, you like, have to kick one. You have to kick <laughs> one. Right, okay. I, I, is there is there a third? Is it like is it is it like a like a yeah? Like fuck a, is the other one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is it marry fuck kill or is it just keep or kick and then one guy just kick or fuck? <laughs> yeah, keep kick or fuck. All right. All right, all right. It'll be it'll be uh, for this first one. Let's make it hard. You get to keep one. You got to kick two. How about nice. that? Love it. Love it. Ooh. Yeah. Let's make it hard. I got to keep one. And I it's their kick current two. form. Their current form. I'm from what you've seen from group stage. I'm going to keep Trimby. I'm keeping yep. Trimby. I'm kicking the other two. I think that that's probably the best. I agree with that, actually. Uh, the best thing to do, because uh, when, when you look at Trimby, the, the main thing that he has is versatility. He could play everything. And I think that that's really, really important right now, because I don't think that we're even sure where the meta is going to be. Some people are still playing Enchanters. Some people don't think you can play them. You know, then you have answers like Rakan that are coming yep. out, where I think Trimby is like one of the best at, at that champion. So I'm going to kick the two Asian supports and keep the Polish one or the yeah, keep the Polish yeah, one, Polish, Polish one. So uh, I think I think part of why uh, this makes sense in my mind is first off, like Trimby's form is obviously super good. Uh, now, we haven't it, like we've seen some pocket picks from Trimby, which I think are incredibly interesting. That would be kind of on the fringes of the meta right now, like. Obviously, Lucia Nami's been strong, but maybe it's not quite as strong with some of the changes to Electrocute and Nami that we've seen. Um, but teams are still being successful at running it, and that was you know, a key to how Rogue beat DRX. But I, I think from talking to CL on Summoning Insights, like Rogue's philosophy is very much, let's do what is strong for us. And I think that Trimby's versatility has led to some really interesting scenarios, such as, R5 picking Soraka when you see the Varus Tom Kenchley, knowing that you can kind of pass this through the laning phase and have some really enormous strength with the Soraka in the late game. Um, I guess my concern with Trimby would be the fact that 
he he hasn't played any of the traditional melee engage supports yet. Like we know we can, he, he can, he has a big champion pool. But when I thought he was going in that direction, then they surprised me with his like pocket recon pick, which is, you know, he in, in and of himself is very good at that pick, but it's not the direction that I thought Rogue's comp was going to go there. I thought we'd see a more kind of tankier melee engage support in that uh, situation. But CL also said that he thinks the Rakan Leona matchup is a lot better than it used to be for Rakan. So uh, they felt comfortable kind of picking that one there, especially with Trimby's expertise on the champion. So uh, I think I think Trimby's a good shout here especially because comp has also been doing so well. Obviously, the problem you run into with Korea has been that Gumiyushi is still uh, sus. <laughs> and so I like the fact that Korea is, you know, is playing some more of these engaged supports. Like, we know he's going to play the Thresh, which is what I suspected prior to the start of Worlds as we headed back into kind of a, a spring of this year. Uh, bot lane meta, at least as far as T1 is concerned, and the, the kind of comps they're going to play. Um, but yeah, I think Trimby has been extremely good. So I would keep him and actually kick the other two right now as well. Crazy. Question marks still remain about all of them, of course, after three games, but I like Trimby. Crazy world we're living in where uh, we give up, you bring up comp as a positive over Gumiyushi and Viper. Uh, again, Gumiyushi, yes, but like, Give me that last year, and I would have been like, you're crazy. Uh, but here we are, the group stage of Worlds. That was Keeper Kick. Next up, we bring up a game that was one that we think you need to go back and watch. Sit down, get yourself your favorite drink, maybe something to snack on, and enjoy it. This is Certified Banger. All right, so for this week's episode of Certified Banger, we got ourselves the Battle of the Titans in Group B. You need to go back and watch Damwon Kia versus JDG. It was a 37-minute battle back and forth, but uh, this is our pick of the week. Monty, why was this one the standout that everyone should go back and watch from week one? I, I mean, I think this is just the best game that we've seen so far. Part of it is that Dom one, as we suspected prior to worlds would be better in this meta. So they do look like a significantly improved team than we saw towards the end of the, the LCK season. But we also get to see why this meta is good for JDG as well. Kanavi back on his famous graves. Um, it, it was a really interesting clash of team composition styles as well, because you see a lot of what is powerful in this meta right now all condensed into this one game, right? Uh, you're seeing why the Varus is picked. Like we've seen a lot of attack speed Varus to deal percent HP damage, and that will, you know, crack some of these big tanks that we've seen in the top lane. Teams have been, you know, kind of pushing in that direction with the Varus overall. Uh, you get to see Showmaker on Talia, which has been one of his most famous champions this year, because especially it's a flex pick with Canyon in the jungle as well. So I, I feel like you really got to see a lot of the identity of these two teams. You see intelligent map play like Yagao, who was great in the LPL playoffs, is like beating the actually beating the Talia into some of these uh, roams into the bot side. So you see how intelligent JDG is about where to be on the map and to anticipate their opponent's moves. It becomes this duel where Damwon is trying to get like stack up to a dragon soul and JDG is eventually able to stop this through some better scaling with his team composition. But it was really just an, an, a really excellent game overall. And for the large majority of the game felt like it could be won by either team. Tom? 
think that this game really showed you the strength of JDG, um, where in LPL, they uh, they were never the team that played the cleanest games. The thing is that they are like one of the most resilient teams I've ever seen when it comes to continually putting yourselves in, in situations where you can win when bad things happen. Um, and, you know, for example, if you compare them to top, when top makes a bad play, it's like, shut it down. The game's over. Like if top's yeah. not winning early, like <laughs> it, it's just doomed. JDG, they, the thing I love about them is they make you beat them multiple times. So after Kanavi uh, misplays early, Canyon gets that really good kill on him. Um, th what's the next play that happens? Is this bot side play where your gal gets the massive a zero? Yeah, and you can see that they're, they're they're so like they're so ready to keep on going. Like their mentality is like keep like you got to make them sweat for every bit. Like if you lose, you lose, but the, but you don't lose anything in the game for like giving yourself the best chance to win to for trying. And they will always try to to come back in in these games. So um, I, I was really like happy with how they they played. Uh, they didn't play super clean by any metric, but that's not what you expect of them if you've watched uh, JDG all year year round. Um, so, I mean, I think that this game was was really good because it felt like both teams were playing well. I didn't think Damwon played played poorly themselves. Uh, I wonder how Damwon's going to continue if they're going to still play things like Maokai or if they want Canyon to just be on on carry junglers because I mean he he is the Graves guy. He's like the Graves in Italy guy. That's what his uh, strength is as as a player. So. Um, I think that playing around him could be uh, pretty good. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I just, I I really like this game because you got to see multiple like fights. You got to see setups. You get to see objective control. You get to see roams. Like the teams are actually going back and forth. That's like one of the games where afterwards, you know, it's like respect. You, you respect both teams. Like you guys actually came out there and both were playing to win. Man, that type of mindset, I think is so yep. crucial to being able to win this tournament because you you have one bad day like you could just be out of here from from now on with the rest with how the tournament goes one bad day you're out like if you have a bad day in group stage you're losing three games you're not getting through if you have a bad day in in quarterfinals semifinals whatever you you lose you're out so you have to be able to be resilient and shake off bad moments that happen you have to be accepting that they will happen like you're not going to play the whole tournament perfectly and you have to be ready to 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 go through that battle so um I think, yeah, that game just in general, just both teams battling back and forth. I mean, both sometimes, you know, one team is making a good play. The other team makes a bad play, but they're still so ready to keep on fighting um, that I respect both these teams a lot. I mean, I think that they're definitely going to be the ones that, that get out. JDG, the number one seed from the LPL up against the back-to-back -back finalists in Damn One Kia, your certified banger to go back and watch to uh, get a finer taste of the finer things in League of Legends. Just in case you didn't know at home, we have a future teller on the desk. And no, it's not Monty when he dresses up in uh, fortune teller cosplay. It's the man who's been playing the game longer than most of you were alive and older than you were born. It's Dom, who has seen it all, done it all. So we have Nostra Damus here to give us a little insight on what's happening for next week. Go ahead. So my take is that I think that Europe is going to have a much harder week, too. Given the fact that a lot of the victories from Fnatic and and uh, Rogue specifically came off the back of picks that I don't think will be available to them going forward. Humanoid has been the best player on Fnatic so far. His Zir has been amazing. And I don't think that T1 or EDG is going to let him play another Zir game. I think that he is going to uh, have to beat them with something else. Um, and other picks that, that are not Azir generally have a lot more issues with um, dying in lane phase than, than Azir has. They don't have the get out of jail free card, and that was Humanoid's issue all year round. 
for Rogue, I think that the Maokai is done for them. I mean, they had two insane Maokai games from Oto Omne. Um, and I think that I think that Rogue will still get through groups. I think that, that them and DRX will probably still get through that group, but I'm expecting like a 1-2 from Rogue and potentially like a 1-2 from Fnatic, which would in most cases mean they probably don't get out um, considering uh, that EDG and T1 are also tied to one. And if those teams are beating Cloud9 and also beat them, it's probably doomed. So um, yeah, that is that is uh, my my take. I, I believe that we are going to see a, a very difficult um difficult run from the European teams here. I think that they drafted really well, but I'm not sure if they're going to have deep enough champion pools to deal with teams specifically prepping for them. And now that everyone thinks that Europe is a threat at this, this event, I, I expect things are going to go differently in the second week. Monty, the, the uh, recent history says otherwise compared to our fortune teller. Do you agree with this take or do you feel like <laughs> the Western hope lies with Europe and they've um, proven it enough? I, I hate to tell you guys this, but uh, Fnatic only beat T1 because T1 like ran it down on a basically winning play in the in the bot jungle. And you, you got to catch a throw, man. And Fnatic caught it. I don't think T1 makes that that same mistake again. Uh, I also don't think that, as Dom stated, the give Maokai to Rogue is is going to happen again either, <laughs> which was a very massive part of their victories and uh, as we've dom and i have said before we think maokai is just insanely op and should probably never be getting through the draft you think you can handle it with like attack speed varus and a trundle but you can't when he has a gazillion items in top lane because you actually have to uh you actually have to be able to hit him and you don't get close enough when he ults you uh hey. so don't worry, Western fans. I, I hear you right now. Uh, Monty and Dom, what about Malrong on Lee Sin? He showed that he can play Lee Sin <laughs> on the highest level. You 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 can't see the future. You obviously look, can't see look, the past. Here's, here's the thing about Rogue. They are almost guaranteed to go through if they just win right. one game. <laughs> yeah. it's basically they still could have a bad three. week and make it through. Yeah, they yeah. could have a bad week and still make quarters, guys. They're in a great position. They're in a great position. In fact, they can lose all three games, and I think they still end up playing a tiebreaker in almost every scenario. And they can even go through if they lose all three games depending on it so look you know rogue can have a bad week uh and it'll be totally fine i think i think fanatic is has been fine but is very beatable and won their 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 matches based on you know a little uh, you know some luck let's say that but i think teams now are gonna take these couple days off really dig into it and i think yeah europe's probably gonna have a rougher week number two all right, friends at home, you know what to do. Let us know in the comments below if you agree with Nostradamus here. Do you think that uh, the Western European squads will have difficulty making it on through, or uh, do you disagree? Let us know in the comments below. And while you're there, go ahead and give us a uh, subscription as well. We would appreciate it as we continue to grow here and give you the best content at Last Free Nation. Next up, we've got Remake, a moment, a game, or something that happened that you just wish you could just hit that Remake button and all five of you within 15 minutes or four of you after 20 would say, yes, let's do that one again. And in this case, I'll go first. And I think let's hearken back to a Cloud9 moment. Jensen not having the greatest time in lane. We've brought that up already on the LeBlanc. And he's made eight worlds in a, in a row consecutively, you know, at, not including, you know, the retirement stuff. He's the guy that gets there, right? He's North America's uh, guy that shows up. And now he's the guy that is the poster. He got 
posterized by the prediction flash thresh hook by Mako on the top side of the map. And it's in those moments where you kind of wonder, I'm LeBlanc, I got a couple dashes. Maybe I shouldn't get that close to the thresh. Maybe I'm going to try to outplay and, you know, make him feel bad even though we're down like multiple towers. I've died a couple times and try to flash. The prediction flash comes on in by Mako. And it is a play that you don't need to really have played League of Legends recently or at all. And you know exactly what happened. Predicted pie in your face. I'd like to remake... The whole game, but if not, just that moment. Just stay away from Mako's Thresh. Uh, Monty, who do you and what do you have as your I mean, that whole game, that whole game was an FF at 20, right? For Cloud9. <laughs> I mean, they were just getting absolutely bodied from the very start of that game. Uh, I think I, I alluded to this with, with the Nostradamus. I think that allowing Rogue and thinking you have answers to the OG Maokai god of, of Oduamne, and it's incredibly arrogant to let that pick through. It's just too powerful in this meta with the vision it provides, single target CC, team fight knockups, like objective control, it's, it's lifesteal tanking. It's just too fucking good right now. You're not going to be able to deal with it, so it's time to just start banning that. Do not let Rogue get it. And the other one was, of course, what I alluded to with the Fnatic T1 game, where owner gets a good invade, you get the red steal, and instead of communicating with your bot lane about the lane state... And let's say, you know, is Carrier level three? Does he have Lantern to get the VA go out? Uh, you don't just like into your entire game into the try brush and then, uh, you know, have a fanatic snowball from there. So T1 played a couple really clean games. That game was really disappointing. I'm sure T1 was very mad. The thing about T1's compositions is that they play a style of, they've been playing a style of pick comp basically that is very delicate. And if you fall behind and are ever forced into scenarios where you have to 5v5 in the late game, it becomes really hard to win. So losing those early skirmishes is very meaningful, I think, to T1 in terms of how they want their win conditions to play out with, with their compositions and with their style here at Worlds. All right, a couple of Group A remakes. Where are you taking us to, Dom? A moment, match, time, anything that happened here from the group stage? Uh, I think that uh, I think that the game should be remade for top esports after that bot dive. That was <laughs> yeah. that bot dive versus DRX was just a moment where you probably just forfeit after that in solo queue. You have a Draven trying to catch in stacks. You commit vile. You commit. Uh, you commit Nautilus ult. You have Draven flashing in. You don't even get the kill on Draven. Then uh. the person that's actually smashing lane, which is Knight. Uh, ends up coming back and seeing Zika with two kills down 10 CS now. So now Zika is just able to lane and, and everything was just fucking ruined after that. So so that would be my moment right there for remake. You know what I love about top esports is that they just they're like the horniest team. They like they can't stop themselves. Like once the wheels are in motion <laughs> and like that dive just becomes inevitable for some reason. It's like, you know, this this setup doesn't seem very good. Should we in fact uh, maybe do something else right now? It's like, no. Like it, it, the boulders rolling down the hill, you can't stop it. They will wait there forever and just like dive, dive in between the turrets, and they'll just they'll roll the dice on the whole game with very bad odds. Uh, I love this. This is uh, sexual guru Monty calling North American flaccid, and now Top Esports <laughs> real horny, right? <laughs> Dude, they, they get really horny. They get really horny. <laughs> Those are some of the uh, oopsie moments that we wish those teams would be able to take back in this week's portion of Remake.
Next up on the docket, a segment that uh, gives us the platform to educate some of y'all out there. This is Listen Up, Nephews, where we take a topic and we rant on it. And I've got two of the most opinionated people on uh, the planet here in the world of League of Legends, esports, and everything in general. We could talk football. The three of us could talk about football as well. But uh, (laughs) this is going to be one of us going at it. And, you know, I've got these two guys right here with me, but... I'm calling my number on this one. I'll be doing the first ever Listen Up Nephews. And it starts here with you. Yes, you. You there at home, sitting with Cheetos on your chest, drinking water from mom and dad's faucet while you live in your basement. You sit there on Reddit and Twitter and just fire away at everyone and saying, hey, you know what? This team should do this. I think team, if I was running Team Liquid, I would have ran that. What an idiot. Obviously, they could see that. And, you know, you take your Monday morning quarterback takes and put it on Twitter, and that's fine. But then you claim to be a North American fan. You love NA. You only do it because you love this region and you bleed NA. You love the new logo of the LCS. But when it's time to show up, And it's time to support and represent some of those teams that are there at Worlds. No one shows up. I have to really hit home how crazy it is that it is 60 to 70% fans from the LPL, from the LCK showing up to New York City, which is like the emotional entertainment capital of North America, of the world. And it is mostly LPL fans. And not only is the, are they showing up in troves, they also show up swagged out. The 30% fans that we have look like they're dressed by mom and dad. The LPL fans are rolling up in Balenciaga, Off-White, Gucci. They look <laughs> smart. They sound smart because when North America does well, we chant TSM, TSM. They're not even here. The LPL fans cheer when their top laner out trades the opposing top laner. They get it. They're so smart and they show up. And this was your opportunity to do so. And I know you're able to do so because we showed up at Chicago and it was a fantastic finals. It was a great 10 year celebration. But when it was time to go up against opponents, you, like the teams right now, wiltered under pressure. You did not show up at all. And those that have are embarrassed to chip. So we can't fix you showing up now unless you want to buy the sculpt tickets which could work you should but the fans that are there you gotta support the guys they are putting themselves under a ton of pressure so when they and still chant their name when things go well we gotta out cheer the edg fans we gotta out cheer the t1 fans i know it's hard but really this is the only time in the next five years half decade it's gonna be here in north america you got to create a home field advantage without being mean to the other teams but cheer for your own teams because it's pretty pathetic it's pretty pathetic i love it i love it (laughs) you know it's interesting because i'm not there but i my experience of watching the stream has been that uh you know it's there the camera's always on like the the LPL or LCK fan signs like it those are the people who are bringing like the the decked out big signs to the arena I haven't really seen that from NA and I, I guess I never thought about it before before you just brought it up right now but it seems like a pretty dire environment yeah uh, props to the production team for making it seem like somewhat close it is not close <laughs> it is not close 
there are so many other teams fans at the home field advantage. Like, you know, if, if you want to bring up a football reference and both of you guys would understand this, the Washington football team, now the Washington commanders play at FedEx field. That is known as a home team game for the away team. Yeah, because with Chargers, right? In yeah, the Chargers, the same yeah. thing. People show up knowing like, hey, all right, I'm a Denver Broncos fan. We're Denver Broncos fan. I can't yep. wait to go to the Chargers game over That's at SoFi. Seriously, like I've been to Chargers Broncos games in in L.A. and it's been like 70 percent Broncos fans. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's crazy. Uh, Dom, get in there. What, what did you make of this? Uh, I mean, look, if if I was a North American fan and I went there, I, I wouldn't show my face either. Like I, I would just pretend <laughs> that I was an LPL fan. Like I, I would I would literally try to blend it as much as possible. It is a downright embarrassment. Um, so, you know, what? I like the fans. You know, they, they, they should probably be coming out more, but, you know, maybe half of those LPL fans are, are newly converted just by watching their gameplay for like a week. You know, you see a couple LPL games, you're like, yeah, you know, what? this shit is pretty good. Maybe I'll keep on watching it compared to <laughs> I met some. LCS fans, uh, the LCS fans. <laughs> yeah, Dom, I, I, Dom's proselytizing is, is working. It's magic. Soon the LPL <laughs> guru will rise. <laughs> with it with his with his followers we got to get it, you a costume for that <laughs> it, it's funny and, and missing some of the ire in the original rant i think are the north american orgs there is one That's team fair. only one team doing activations uh for worlds and they're doing it throughout the new york portion of it it's counter logic gaming yes they're owned by madison square garden but no they're not using madison square garden space because riot said there wasn't enough space which is why a lot of these teams decided not to do anything because riot wasn't helping offset it but it is again there's nowhere for fans to aggregate there are scalpers outside not selling tickets but lpl scarves those signs that you see it's dudes outside rolling up in a van and saying here take this for free i know cloud nine has old jerseys and old t-shirts from three or four years ago hundred thieves has a line every week you can pass that out to at least make it seem like the guys while getting crushed they got to look out in the audience for a little bit of hope and might see like a polo, you know, one of those like rugby shirts. There's nothing out there. Maybe you're too busy making music videos instead of supporting your team uh, that is there at Worlds. It is embarrassing by fans and by orgs that no one showed up. So again, shout out to Cl uh, CLG for making it happen and showing up, giving people uh, the signs. You see those North American signs? That didn't come from Riot. That came from CLG. CLG's doing the most for the for the region, and they have. That's the actually North so sad. That's, yeah, that's really depressing. So sad. Like, yeah. You would think that they would take this opportunity to at least like give visibility to their sponsors. This is what I mean. It just feels like it feels like the LCS teams have just given up on the LCS at this point in time. If they're not willing to, to do these activations within, you know, they get this what once every four or five years, depending on how often China just wants to take worlds, even when yep. they're not scheduled to. Yep. So, <laughs> yeah. And, and we, we make a lot of rants. And, and a lot of the time, Riot is at the heart of them. This isn't a Riot thing. This was an LCS organization thing. And, uh, you know, like TwitchCon happened. They were busy there at TwitchCon. They had Big House. They were they were playing at the Michigan Super Smash Brothers tournament. Like, come on, guys. Like, come on. Uh, it's World. was launching their energy drink. I don't know what you're talking about. That was very important. It was very important. They're, they're actually tasty, by the way. Just wanted to throw that one out. <laughs> uh, well, with that, uh, let's do better, kids. Uh, and this is Listen Up, Nephews.
All right, y'all. To close out our group stage in our first episode of Power Spike presented by Last Free Nation, we got ourselves a little game of Heike, Loki, Noki, where we're going to cover the four group stages and say which one are we the most Heike excited about, which one are we Loki excited about, and which ones we don't give a damn about with a Noki. So, uh, Dom, let's start with you. Which Group stage match, because we've got four days now, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and each one of them are uh, uh, just covering all the matches of the group. Which day are you high-key excited about? Um, I'm high-key excited about group uh, Group D, because I feel like the best chance that NA has to win a game is against Flying Oyster. So that's going to be the determining <laughs> one. That's going to be that's the one that true. decides whether or not we're going 018 or not. So I think that that's going to be just the most hype. Most people will probably say that's the no key group because that's you know, my you got, no key group. <laughs> yeah. Cause you got RNG and, and Gen G are probably just getting out no matter what, like that, like it'd be very, I mean, unless Gen G just plays like shit, like both teams are just going to get out. But for me, that's where all the marbles stand. Like, will we go 018? I need to know. I must know. <laughs> I, I love that. I didn't even I didn't even think of that one. Uh, Monty, who He's you got? Right, I, I, so just for UNA fans, like the key matches for NA are probably <laughs> EG G2, uh, Fnatic C9, and then Flying Oysters 100 Thieves. Those are probably the most likely matches that, that NA has to win because I don't think they're winning any of the other ones. Um, I, I don't think they're winning any at all, but that's that's a different story. No, don't be, don't be an own 18 or one in 17, baby. Uh, Monty, what are you high key excited for? Which, which day are you high key excited for? Uh, I think I'm, I guess I'm high key excited for group B, uh, just because we did see if G2 hadn't completely ran it down in bot lane in the early game versus JDG, they actually had a pretty good comeback scenario in that game. So maybe G2 might be able to affect the outcome of the first place team in that group. And also, like, I'm just super excited that the last game of the day is the JDG versus Dom Juan Kia rematch, which also is something that might be determining first place or a potential tiebreaker. Uh, so I think this matchup has shown us, like, the two top teams within any one group. And so that's that's very excited. Fire. All right. I guess then I'm high key excited. Am I the only one that still believes that uh, Cloud9 still can pull off a couple of games, one or two games here? I just yes. feel like they've played so yeah. poorly and so bad that they will go back to the drawing board and just play through Berserker. Let's just play through Berserker, guys. Stop playing through LeBlanc. Stop playing through Fiora and just play through Berserker and let him uh, do his thing. But I guess it is me. I guess I'm the only one high key. I mean, I'm just concerned about Jensen's champion puddle right now. Like, it just hasn't gotten better for most of the since he returned. Zillion, well, baby. The biggest problem with Jensen is that he won LCS by playing Zillion, right? And then he's... he's <laughs> His perceptor right now is you can't play Zillion. These guys are going to beat you too hard in lane. So then he just takes something like Azir or LeBlanc or Victor and does worse than expected in those lanes anyway. And then he's even more useless than he would be on something like Zillion. So I thought the Zillion plus like an Olaf Zillion plus yeah, yeah. The, the Wukong that they ran before. I thought that that was, you know, more of a style that, that actually had some chance to be won. Like, where's the Zillion Hecarim? 
I want to see some zillion fucking Hecarim have Blabber just full clear, like put put some bombs on him, send him into the fight, have him fuck somebody up. Maybe then you can win a game. That's what I want to see. But instead, we're just, oh, no, we're going to play Azir. Yay, Jensen's playing Azir. Oh, is he up any CS? Nope, he's dead even by, for something that outscales him. Uh, okay, well, now the victor is just online and, and you suddenly lose the game. I don't know, man. I want to see some, like, I want to see a different, I want to see a change in style from Cloud9 more than anything else. All right. Well, those are our high key picks. I'll start us off with our low key picks. I, again, as someone who enjoys anyone that has played in the LCS and and, and seen a little bit uh, of life, I'm low key excited to see day seven, which is uh, Group C, Gigabyte, uh, a Gam. I really they they were in. Some of those games that they had, I enjoy seeing Levi and the boys continue to fight back. Yes, you're going to get the tasty treat of top esports and DRX, Rogue as well, and their immaculate play from the bottom side of the map. How long can they continue to do that? But I'm excited to see a, a kaboom moment here by uh, the Marines for Group C. So that I'm low key excited for it. We'll see how I, it plays I'm out. low key excited for that same group, uh, just because I want to see Rogue go through quarterfinals, and they really only have to win one game to do that. Because I, I think it would be a shame not to have, uh, you know, a Western team in the bracket stage of Worlds, and it might as well be Rogue. Uh, I, I also, you know, I don't have a whole lot of hope for. I, I started saying DRX is kind of a bad team, but the thing about DRX is that if you give them an early lead, they will close the game on you, right? We've seen that repeatedly in LCK. It's just when you take away their tools to play through bot side, they like really struggle to do that. So I, I think teams will have a better idea about how to play against DRX uh, heading into the second week of competition. If they make it through over top esports, that's just a failure of top straight up. Like DRX is not should not be the better team. Uh, so I would like to see Top End and Rogue uh, head through this group. So I'm low-key excited because there's some interesting matchups there. And like I said, if Rogue wins a game, then all the pressure's on Top and DRX to like fight for that last slot, which could be fun. Dom? Yeah, I'm, I'm low-key excited for Group A, uh, mainly because I'm actually high-key excited for it, but then I wanted to go with the high-key meme for uh, Hunter Thieves. <laughs> so I think that I think that that's the, the group with the most parity right now, right? There's three teams yep. that are two and one. Which team is actually going to go through? Um, you know, Fnatic has been getting a lot of hype, and they've been looking better in this group stage than, than people expected. Um, EDG, I think, has been looking a lot worse than people's expectations. And T1 is just weird. T1 is just a weird team. Like, sometimes they look really good. Sometimes they look really bad. So I'm I'm pretty excited to see how those teams uh, make it out. And then, yeah, I mean, Cloud9 will probably go 0-6 in this group. I, I think it's just a, a straight 0-6 angle. I, I can't see them winning any games with how they've been playing because, I mean, they, they haven't been even close to, like... They haven't been close to almost winning. So, like... I don't know, man. It's looking really <laughs> fucking rough. Yeah, yeah. I, I will say, I will say, like a hundred thieves and EG have at least been looked at Close one a point in a time. It, like there are points in time in a game where you're like, hmm, maybe this team has the advantage right now. That is like just literally never been true of any of these cloud nine games. All right. Well, uh, no key it, for you. What is it, uh, Monty? <laughs> I guess, I, I mean, I guess the no key for me is like what Dom said earlier. Like the obvious one, I think, is Group D, just because. It, the most exciting thing that could happen is that Gen G beats RNG at the end of the day. They're both 5-1 and they head into a tiebreaker match, which would be very exciting because honestly, like if Gen G gets their shit together and with RNG's current performance, that could like legitimately be a preview of the world's final. Like that's not an outrageous thing to say, especially yeah. because they they, you know, they wouldn't hit each other um in the playoffs from being in the same group. 
So if we continue to see good performances, I think Genji needs to be better. I think Genji has been very underwhelming compared to what we expected from them. But I also know from the scrim bucks that they are just clapping people in scrims right now. And I think they, from what I understand, they have had a difficult time uh, reading the meta because they clap people in scrims so hard that they got a, a weird read of what it was going to be like on stage. And so I think now that they're going to have a couple days to reevaluate kind of their priorities, they will look like a much better team heading into the second round, Robin. Gotcha. Well, uh, I agree. That group for me is the no-key group because um, 100 Thieves plays uh, Flying Oyster at the beginning of the day, and after that, all the hope is gone. I know 100 Thieves will play uh, two more games after that. By the way, I will be there cheering all of them. But the hope—that's the, hope the core game, as Dom said. I think that's like the the one that that NA is most likely to win. But if they lose that game, they're they are going to be so emotionally shattered that that is the 08 team. Like there is no yeah. chance if they lose exactly. 100 Oysters that they are going to like mentally oysters. bounce back to beat like RNG and Genji. Like that's not happening. So as soon as that happens, guys, like that, you'll know it's over. That is the moment it is over. I know. And I, I, I am dreading this. So that is my no key game. Even if they win, I'm still dreading this. So I mean, uh, it's kind of high key because like, Watching watching no. the soul get sucked out of NA is pretty fun. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> no, I already watched it happen live in Madison Square Garden. The fans don't know where, where to cheer, when to cheer, what to cheer. <laughs> they don't even know who's on our team. Wonder was right. <laughs> Everyone was flaming him, but Wonder was just right. Jesus. I, I think uh, next year, I hope that teams take the time to sit down and create real chance. I was watching uh, Welcome to Wrexham on Hulu. And they, they have chance for all their players and all the teams. Like, we just need to create more chance than just, like, saying a couple of the names. Like, sing. PSM, get, get, like, PSM, a, a small PSM. No, 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 please. Oh, Jesus, no. Okay. All right. <laughs> Thank I you. Tried. Thank you, John. Uh, those are the matches that we are high-key, low-key, and no-key excited what about. What was no-key? Yeah, I don't get a no-key. All right. Okay. I thought you said no-key was the first one. I thought you were the one that, yeah, you said it's the first one. Cloud Nine's no, going. No, my low-key. Oh, okay. All right. My bad. All right, what's your no-key excited one? Or let, uh, not excited at all? B. Group B is my, my no-key group because I think that the way Domwine and JDG have looked, I just really can't see both those teams not getting out um, or not, not getting out of the group. So, um, yeah, I just think that those two teams, uh, if they play anything like they played in the first week, I think it's very hard for, for G2 um, and EG to, to do anything in this group. That does sound pretty depressing. They're just there to fill in the uh, the scrim blocks and give JDG and uh, Damwon uh, camera time so that we can sell this Worlds, you know? <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> all right. There it is, everyone. Now it's all of our high-key, low-key, no-key matches for the group stage week two. Everyone, we did it. Our maiden voyage is coming to an end. The first episode of Power Spike in the books. If you haven't already, make sure to go to uh, subscribe on wherever you're listening to this. Make sure to follow us across all social media platforms. Look, all three of these old dudes have TikTok. You guys can go ahead and follow us. We put in the work to make it. So make sure you follow us there. We'll be putting a lot of content there. What else am I missing here, Monty? Uh, that's it. Subscribe to YouTube. You can also watch on Spotify because uh, we have video on Spotify as well. And it's also on all podcast platforms. So enjoy. Boom.
There you have it. On behalf of myself, Dom Monty, and the rest of the Last Free Nation, we appreciate you guys for watching, and we'll catch you guys next week as we break down all of the shambles that North America is going to be in and the successes that happen from World's Group Stage 2. See ya.